Hello there and welcome in to another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast on a Friday today. Yeah, uh, been a crazy week, so didn't get uploaded on Thursday like normal. But thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're you're listening, that you're here. I'm so glad the Grizzlies won. They came back from 20 points or more twice in the playoff game last night. Big stuff. I don't know what they're saying now. I still like to say grit grind. Grit grind, Grizzlies. So NBA playoffs are very entertaining. I'll just go ahead and say it. I was wrong about the Nuggets Warriors series. I picked the Nuggets to win that. And uh, yeah, other than that, I'm feeling pretty good about my picks so far. Uh, Devin Booker's injury for the Suns is not ideal for my picks. Um, But, you know, hopefully things will work out there. I'm not really sure, but... Anyways, been watching the NBA, been grinding, photography stuff, so it's been crazy, but thank you so much for listening. Joel and I talked about episode eight. That's right. Last week was episode six. This week was episode eight. How that works is pretty crazy, but it was a double episode last week, so it was six and seven technically, so Joel and I talked about episode eight of Survivor this week. Joel mixed this episode of the podcast, so thank you, Joel, for producing this. Y'all enjoy our conversation about episode eight of Survivor. Take care. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is episode seven of The Clingers Have Spoken of Survivor 42. I'm Joel Klinger. Alongside me through Zoom, as always, is my brother, Michael. How are you doing tonight, Michael? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, I got to watch the Survivor episode about an hour earlier than normal tonight, so... Feeling like a million bucks, man. Got my homework done before the episode. So, yeah, man. Crazy week, but glad that I can still make time for some good old-fashioned Survivor. Yeah, is your semester ending right now? Uh, it's There's like one week left. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's, let's dive right in, okay? It is episode seven. Lydia got it voted out last week, and it was a pretty cut and dry episode this week. And there was some scrambling, but I feel like there were literally there was a line, and we'll get to this later. There was a line that someone said, and I was like, we could just cut the rest of the fifteen minutes and just say, just fast forward to the vote because I feel like I know what's going to happen like right now. Um, yeah, and it was a it was a pretty d- decent episode, but again, hard to hard to make a that type of a vote. Uh, difficult or, or inter- interesting, I guess I should say. What'd you think? Yeah, I um, I wasn't surprised that it was Chanel. I mean, they definitely were pointing you towards thinking it was Romeo the whole time. You know, they had characters basically saying Romeo is going to get himself voted out, this, that, and the other. And that's just the classic Survivor misdirect. And... They've done enough stuff in recent seasons where they'll look like they're doing the classic Survivor misdirect, and then they'll do something else. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought they were like setting up Romeo playing his shot in the dark or something like that, uh, and it, none of it happened. I do believe on our episode last week that I predicted Chanel or Romeo would go home this week. Yep. Fire. So, and I said they they won't try to vote Tory out, which High made a comment like Tory was the next target. I just don't really believe that because they also showed a conversation of him saying like, "Hey, yeah, like Tory's not you know whatever. We need to get rid of the other two or something like that." So yeah, good episode. Sorry Chanel, but I don't really feel bad for her. I mean. The, the the way that they have made everyone fall in love with Mike, then to have Mike not like someone, it's that's kind deal. of painting them in a bad light. Yeah. Um, we we start out with the episode, and Chanel immediately says, uh, I can't believe it. I'm on the wrong side of the numbers at the merge, and that's the one place you don't want to be. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, 
I, you know, I thought I was playing chess and everybody else was playing checkers. And it's like, okay, exactly. Like you have to, you somewhat, you have to play checkers with people that want to play checkers. Like that, that's kind of how that works, right? If you're playing it in your own world and in her own head, in her own head, which it felt like she was, um, just as someone who's watched this season, it feels like she was playing in her whole, her whole brain, like the whole time. It wasn't like she was actually, um, doing the simple things like talking to people, making people feel comfortable, making alliances. She was just like thinking, I need to be bold. I need to do this. I need to be different. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, you're thinking way too hard about this. And ultimately like, I mean, getting off on the wrong foot with, like you said, Mike and high pretty bad. Like that's, that's a no go, you know? Um, ever since the whole Daniel debacle, like Daniel, Daniel and Chanel, what a dynamic duo of like catastrophic falls in this game. Falls from not even heights. I mean, (laughs) they weren't high up and they fell from there. Well, I think it's really interesting because, I mean, with this game, like, looks a lot different for the Green Tribe if uh, Chanel just protected her vote that one time, right? Like, if she protects her vote that one time, then she then Jenny doesn't go home. Lydia goes home. Then High's on the bottom number. If they go back to tribal, High's probably gone, you know? Um, and that's a very different, going with Jenny and Daniel is very different than High and uh, Lydia. So, um, yeah, that, 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 you don't really see, like, those little things bite you so early, but it did. It really got her. Um, Marianne is actually very bright, she actually understands that she's on the bottom, which is very interesting. She's she's like with it. She knows exactly what's going on. Um, so I appreciate that. Like honestly, like yeah. I mean, Marianne was very impressive to me this episode. I think that she knows what's happening, but she lacks like the self awareness to understand exactly how she's perceived. You know, like it's not like no one like it's not like no one likes you. It's not like, you know, she was she was very, like, upset at the beginning of the episode because she wasn't in the numbers. And I don't think she understands, like, why she's not in the numbers. She thinks it's really about her personality, and it's just like, no, you're just, like, kind of a blabbermouth. You talk <laughs> way too much. Yeah. I mean, so... Yeah, I think she at least can under, understand like, oh, I'm I'm on the outs. I need to do this and that. And I really thought that her stepping out of the challenge was going to backfire. I thought it was either going to backfire on her or Omer just because of the way it went down. I was like, if Omer gets voted out because he stepped out of the challenge after Marianne like wept for someone to step out, that would be so bad for Omer. And I, for a second, it, it felt like they were setting Omer up for a fall, the way that they showed him, like, talking to all the people on the bottom individually. It's like, yeah, it's good strategy, but it's also playing with fire. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and jump jump to that moment because I've, the, the uh, negotiation... Can we just pause? Do we like the negotiation at all? It doesn't really feel like a negotiation. It's not a negotiation. Yeah. If, I mean, if if it's going to, if if Jeff is, goes in saying, I'll do four, all they have to do is ask, that's not a negotiation. A negotiation is trying to get as much as you can out of the other party. In the deal, yeah. which I feel like they succeeded in because I don't think he would go lower than four, but like it was a negotiation for them. Yeah. He was like, let's start a negotiation. They said two. And he's like, no, that's a non-starter. It's like, uh, okay, then say a number back. Two's like, a non-starter. Th- three's a non-starter. Four is it. That's basically <laughs> what he said. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was that's odd, and I would really appreciate just not doing that ever again. I think that's I think it's lame. Uh, like minutes it's of so show. much better. Like it's I like the negotiating when it's like organic. 
Right. You know, we're like, literally, they, they are like, what can we do for rice? We'll do anything. That's yeah. way more interesting than Jeff setting up a faux negotiation. There was a lot of, I didn't really like all the Jeff stuff that we got this week. Like him talking about hiding the beware advantage on the bench, which guess what? Is not that much of a beware advantage. It's like a, here's an advantage right next to a water source that you can use to wash this paint off your hand. Like it was a good thought if it had been like at a challenge, you know, it's like, oh, and now you're going to have paint all over yourself and everyone's going to ask you why and you're going to have to lie your way out of it. But then it was like, I just, I just didn't. Yeah, there, we got a little bit too much Jeff tonight. And also, like, the repetitiveness of the season 41 stuff is getting wary for me. He also, if you haven't seen 41 and you started watching this season, which I literally know people who that's the case for them, they're gonna, they're, everything in season 41 is going to be spoiled for them because Jeff is like, here's what, here's what happened last season, and this is how it played out. Let's see what happens this season. Yeah. And it's just like... I get it. They were they were kind of in a time crunch and a resources crunch amidst COVID. But like did they have to do all the same challenges on the same days? I mean, and with the same stakes and the yeah. same twists? You yeah. couldn't have brought an hourglass for one season and then not do that next season or make up something different? It's not like an hourglass is taking up too much space in your um, in your <laughs> shipment. Yeah, it's. I, I I can imagine that would be really difficult um, for people that haven't seen Forty One to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, and I do agree with with Jeff talking. Uh, what I don't agree with is Drea just sitting out because she doesn't like peanut butter and jelly. And I thought, like, she said that I was like, oh, that's like a game move. She's just going to see if there's anything there. And it's like, no, she literally just, like, doesn't like peanut butter and jelly and has been starving and just will not eat it. Like, that's kind of crazy, right? Okay, but Xander did the same thing last season after winning. He he said that he did it because he felt bad, but he's literally, like, paleo and doesn't eat peanut butter and jelly. Okay, I get that, but she that's not what she said. I feel like it would be I, a I lot. don't get why you don't like it. I mean, maybe she said she didn't like it, but she also has dietary restrictions. Or, you know, like, Xander's not allergic. He's not a vegan. He's just on a paleo diet. That is know. basically saying, I don't want to eat peanut butter and jelly. I don't know. Um... But, uh, yeah, so she finds this beware advantage and, uh, Jonathan. Okay. First off in the, in the reward challenge, Omer just like swishing them, just like four straight. Bangers. Omer's a bucket. Get like, that guy a 10 day, bro. Seriously. Sign him, like, get him, sign him, get him right in now. the G league. Yeah. Um, and then Jonathan just says, no rocks. Like I'm going to shoot. And then just laces five in a row. Literally, like, what were they doing having Roxroy throwing the ball? I guess Jonathan is probably like, I'm the only guy who's going to be able to swim and get the ball back in a timely manner. And maybe someone else is almost as good at shooting as me. But let's, I mean, we all knew as soon as Jonathan got up there, it was going to be like, bang, bang, bang. I mean, we all knew that was about to happen. The yeah, guy's a and, freak. And I mean... I feel like for Jonathan, it's smart to let rocks do that, like to, to do that because like, you know, maybe Jonathan doesn't need to play the hero role every time. If he wants to like lower himself, he can lower himself by not doing that. Right. Um, but then it was like, we're going to lose if I don't do this. And then he just did it. Like, that's just, that is crazy impressive. Um, he eats 4,000 to 5,000 calories a day, 18 eggs, um, nine pieces of cheese and some grits every day. Um, which, you know, is a lot because what I've heard is you're supposed to consume 2000 calories a day. Um, and I don't know like how he makes that food tasty because I would get bored of, of, uh, that much cheese and grits and eggs. Like we, we know so much about his food intake. Maybe he uses a different hot sauce every day <laughs> to mix it up. But 
Okay. Also, I, I'm pretty sure daily calorie value is dependent on your size. It is. So, but, I mean, he's a very large man. I mean, he's huge. Has there has there been a bigger player on Survivor? Like, I yeah. don't think so. Cliff Who Robinson's be- bigger than him. Scott Pollard's okay. bigger than him. Are they uh, as muscular as him? I think John from David vs. Goliath, the, the pro wrestler, he was about the same size. Okay. James... Yeah. From uh, China. That's, yeah, James. James is probably the biggest the biggest uh, comparison. Joel from Survivor Micronesia, fans for his favorites. Yeah. He was huge. He was big. Or wait, no. He wasn't. He was yeah, he big. was. He was Micronesia. But like literally, like I feel like if I was going to design a body for Survivor, it would be Jonathan's body because he's not like overly big, right? Like he's not a wrestler. He's not like he doesn't have like any fat on him, especially now. Watching him in that in that balance challenge, you could literally see his abs just contracting. Like Dude. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this is insane." Honestly, I knew that challenge was going to come down to Tori and Jonathan <laughs> because I said to Madeline, I was like, "This challenge is about abs and Tori has like a six-pack." And Jonathan obviously has like an eight pack. Yeah. But John's carrying so much more weight where if you get off centered, you're way more likely to tip over. So Tori is a challenge beast, dude. Yeah. I tweeted this out and I was like, Jonathan may be a God, but Tori's a Titan. Like she, she's been there. She's done that. And she, all she does is win, man. And I respect that, you know? So if I'm Jonathan, I'm saying, if Tori doesn't win immunity, I want her out of the game, right? Because she's or, the only person beating him in immunity challenges. Or does Tori become a meat shield? <laughs> because just, no, she just, doesn't. That's just like insane to me. I could not like that she's won two in a row. And honestly, she looks really good while she's doing it. Like she, she's not like slowing down. Like she's very impressive. Joel, we don't need to objectify the contestants. Like what I'm saying is, everybody knows what I'm saying. (laughs) What I'm saying is that she's she's winning. She's not like she's not barely eking out wins. She's like doing it forcefully. Like she's doing it well. Um, And everybody wants her out anyway. So I feel like as soon as she doesn't win one, she's in trouble. I don't. I don't think people want her out. I I literally think Tori could win every immunity challenge. From here to the end and still lose at final tribal. I literally no. think that no. I literally think that is how much Tori's immunity challenge wins are undervalued. I think she could win every single time and not win a final tribal. I have the same opinion, but for Jonathan. I think there's no way Jonathan wins. No. If Jonathan wins every single challenge, he will win Survivor. I really don't think so. I really don't think so because I think that these people value relationship. They value strength in in mentals and social game. And um, that thing, the thing, the teaser for next week with Lindsay talking about Jonathan that that did bother me. Marianne's already bothered with Jonathan. I think that the people that are not in Jonathan's alliance desperately want him gone. Um, and he seems very loud and I don't know if people will give him a million dollars, no matter how well he does in the challenges. I, I think because it's his archetype and everyone knows that's his strength, that's why he's a threat. If he wins every challenge, I think he would, he would, he would win. I mean, no one's going to win every challenge, so there's not, not much point in us talking about it, but like Tori, dude, she's going to be in the final three. You can mark it down. She's going to get there. And she's going to be like, guys, I won four individual immunities. I have done everything. I've been great around camp. I've been so uh, smart about everything, blah, blah, blah. And I won four immunities. And she's going to get zero votes at final tribal. And... High is going to win or Omer's going to win and that's going to be that. 
I hope she makes it to the final three because she stirs up chaos and it's great for television. Even this episode, she was safe. She was safe. And she just like told Romeo, it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> she told And then she told Marianne that, that, uh, Drea had, had the knowledge is power thing or whatever. Like, I'm, I mean, at this point, is that stirring up chaos or is that telling her allies what's happening? Cause those are the other people that were also out of the main Alliance. She's trying both. to build rapport with the, the outskirts people. It's both. Right. And that's, that's been her game the whole way because she's always been on the bottom. Her, her game has always been this whole game ever since episode one has been spiller guts to whoever will listen and then wait for chaos to ensue and not get voted out. And that's great. I think that's awesome. That, that really plays like a chaotic role in the game for her. And, um, I hope that she sticks around. I hope Romeo sticks around. Um, because that's the kind of vibe that we need. I don't need Chanel not knowing that she's going to get voted out like immediately and then not doing anything about it. I'm glad she's gone. Right. That's not fun television for me. Yeah, I too. I mean, of the characters remaining, I was the, probably the least attached to Chanel. So I have, I had no problem with her going tonight. I mean, high is totally fine. It seems like, and Mike is as well with the other green people being gone just because like it probably lowers their threat level because people aren't thinking like, Oh, we got to do something about green. Now they can look at somebody else and be like, Hey, we've done green two votes. We got to do some of y'all now, which is, it's kind of gives them a little bit of leverage moving forward. Even though Mike wanted to vote Chanel out since before the merge. Yeah, I, I think if you're orange or blue tribe, you don't want to go into a four four eight, right? You wanna you wanna go into like a five four or a six four where you're in the you're in the lead and you have numbers. Um and like every the past two episodes, past two tribals, I feel like could not have gone better for the orange tribe for Taku. Cause they are still strong ish. Marianne's kinda you know, out there and she knows she's out there, but she really doesn't have any other options at this point. Um, and then blue is a mess, right? Like Drea just cut off Romeo for no reason. That's so dumb to like, you don't need, you cannot prioritize him as a, as an Alliance member, but that doesn't mean it's smart to just like cut him off. I guess she was trying to prove it to her new alliance that she's not with Romeo by like kind of socially not not hanging out with him. But I just don't think that's a smart move. I think you got to keep as many people on the line as possible. Yeah. Like she keeps talking about how Romeo's paranoid and it's like if I heard my my name come up and you didn't tell me about that, I would be paranoid too. Like you were, you were causing all these issues and Drea, I feel like there's going to be a chaotic fall for Drea at some point. She has four advantages. She has an extra vote. She has knowledge is power. She has an idol and she has the amulet, which is a bonkers amount of advantages. Like the only people that she can use the knowledge is power on is like Marianne and Mike. That's it. You know, like that is actually crazy. And I feel like she's not getting super edited and her social game honestly is not fantastic. It seems, it seems like she's just doing enough to like get by the next vote. And she hasn't really made any super tight connections that she's going to keep. And she had one in Romeo and now she doesn't. So here's my, my hypothesis is that Drea might actually be a sociopath. That's a big term to just throw out there, buddy. I mean, I'm unlike Tori, okay, I'm not a real therapist. So I can just say things. And obviously she's probably not a sociopath. But Romeo is talking to her and he's very upset. And she reacts with essentially zero empathy. 
She wasn't even like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. She was just like, well, I, I'm not supposed to be the one to tell you that. And he's like, you literally are. You're the person who would be telling me this. She didn't care at all. Then she goes to the confessional and says, I don't care if Romeo goes. Even though she spent more time with Romeo than anyone else out there, it's just a little bit suspect for me. She's not, I'm sure she's not a sociopath, but she, she has no empathy, which means she's not going to win Survivor. She's playing a Shan-like game, but Shan at least feigned empathy. You know, like Shan cut people, but she would make you believe that she was on your side and cared about you up until the moment you got voted out and even after. Well, yeah, and I feel like Shan has had legit feelings for those people. And I don't really know why all these people want to play with Drea. She hasn't, I haven't seen anything in her that's like an attractive social quality, you know, that would make me just want, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that we don't see and maybe it's just because she kind of brings people in to talk strategy and people like being brought in to talk strategy. But yeah, Drea, she's, I think she's going to be out final nine final seven somewhere in there that would be my guess because i also told madeline as we were watching i mean there's only been a couple people who have had that many advantages who have actually won the game it's like tony vlachos and ben drebergen that's pretty much it i mean any other time you see a contestant pull out four advantages their time is going to be cut short on survivor I mean, that's what I was thinking. If I saw that advantage and I was Drea and it said beware on it, I would just leave it. Just leave it there. Just leave it. You have enough. You have plenty. What's it going to be? Another idol? Maybe. But, like, you don't know. You could lose your vote. That's more important at that point in the game. You could lose your one vote. You know? Like, there's there's so much risk in that involved. And if you're you're Tori or Marianne or Romeo or Chanel... Yeah, pick that up. But you are in such a good part of the game and you already have so much, just leave that there. There is no point in picking that up. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking too, like she has this knowledge as power advantage and she knows who has the other two amulets. But isn't it like you can't like yeah, I don't it think only you can gr- steal them. It only grows in power if someone if the person that has it is voted out, are they like non-transferable? Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, what is that uh, girl on the Green Tribe's name that uh, has one? The blonde, uh, the blonde Lindsay. Girl. Lindsay has the amulet in the Orange Tribe. Okay, Lindsay. I can never remember her name because she's getting a very purple edit to this point. They're gonna vote her out. Her uh, Dre and High are gonna vote her out because it literally makes no sense for them not to at this point i mean they're probably gonna vote her they might she might be the next to go i might go ahead and say that now Lindsay is the next person to go because she has the amulet and dre and high are much closer than they are to each other than they are with Lindsay. so that's that's my prediction for next week is that Lindsay's going to get voted out with that amulet i think that's the tough thing for Lindsay because Orange is going to be targeted at some point, um, and it may not be Marianne that's targeted. And if I'm high and I'm Drea, I'm like two birds, one stone. Let's kick Lydia out, and we get a, a you know switch a vote, like steal a vote. Like that's perfect. That's great. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of tough. A tough position that she's in right now, because um, I like Lindsay. Lindsay Lindsay has done nothing wrong the whole game. I feel like she's just. She's been nice to everybody. Everybody kind of likes her. Um, and she hasn't screwed up. And I think that's a great game. Yeah, so in here's here's why they'll probably get rid of Lindsay before Marianne, before Tori, is because in Survivor, there's something there's something that happens where if you have done something and people at any point believe there's no way that person can win then they are going to keep want to keep that person in the game at at all costs. Once they've decided that person's not winning, I think that's probably what they did with Xander 
last season. You know, they were like, Xander's not winning. He can have these advantages if he wants. But we don't like Xander. We're not giving a million dollars to a 20-year-old. So he's not going to win, and that's been decided. So you might as well go to the end with Xander. And I'm pretty sure that's probably already been decided in their minds with Tori and probably already in their minds decided with Marianne is these people are not going to win a million dollars. So now I'm incentivized to take them with me. You know, it's like in the NFL season on Bill Simmons podcast, um, they do, he does against, uh, or, uh, he does against the lines every week with cousin Sal. And during the NFL season, starting at like week five, they start doing a cross off team or two cross off teams every week of saying these teams are, will not make the playoffs. Like we would bet a million dollars that this team will not make the playoffs. And so it's like, it doesn't matter what this team does. They could win out from here and they still will not make the playoffs. That's how bad they are. And like, that's kind of what happens on survivor too. If you get to a certain point in the merge and people decide, nope, I would vote for over half the people here for a million dollars before that person, that's all of a sudden the person you want to keep around. And that's Tori and that's Marianne right now. And it might be Romeo soon. So I think they're like, that's not a bad person to be right now. One of those three. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I like about them sticking with the uh, majority Alliance so far after the merge, because it's like the majority Alliance I see is, all potential winners that I'd be like, okay, they can win. You know, that's fine. Um, I've seen enough from them. I like them. They can win. Um, except for maybe rocks. Um, Oh yeah. Rocks Roy has no chance to win either. Yeah. So like you see, we saw it time and time again, that is all like Island of the idols was, it was just kicking out people that you think could possibly win until Tommy was the only one left. And that, that season sucked to be honest. And it's like, you know, I like seeing good alliances and good players go far. And um, I'm that's what I want. And that, that may not be the best thing for like a million dollar decision for, for every person in the game. But for me as a viewer, that's way more beneficial than watching, you know, Jonathan get voted out and then Hi get voted out and then Omer get voted out and all this stuff. You know, like like I, I, I want to see chaos and I want to see people that I like win a million dollars. So, well, you can't, you cannot have both of those at this point. If you like the majority alliance and you want chaos, that's not really things that go together. So, let's keep the majority alliance, but then Tori makes like the finale. That's what I want. You know, dude, that's, like, that's not chaos. I'm, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. But that would be great. I would love that. If it's like, if it's like Lindsay, Mary, and Tori. Uh, and rocks. I'd be for that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's my projected boot order from here on out. Lindsay, rocks, Roy, Romeo, Jonathan, Marianne, Omer. So that, and then Drea. So then it's going to be Tori, High, and someone else that I haven't said yet. That's who's going to be the final three. Book it, folks. Mark it down. Okay, so you said Lindsay, then Rocks, then Romeo, then Jonathan, then Marianne, then Omer. And then it's going to be Tori, High, and ooh, let's see. I don't even know who I didn't say. Yeah, who did you say? That's I might one, have two, not three, said five, multiple six, seven, people. Eight. Yeah, you didn't say two people. Who? Who didn't I? Oh, Mike. Got a, Dude, Mike. Mike. I think Mike might win Survivor. I, I think so, too. Which I'd I mean, be totally cool with. He's he's an amazing guy. He's an amazing guy. He was just watching Omer pray. First off, Omer allowing him just to sit there and watch him pray. And then Mike just like to be like in awe of it. And he's like, we're not that different. It's like, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was a really cool moment just to share that. Because, like, I feel like people people don't 
like sharing their faith with people who don't have a, this, a similar faith. But that is such a bridge building thing, like in our world, when you're able to like see somebody and, you know, hear what they have to say about their faith, their religion, and just think, wow, okay, like it's kind of in some ways like what I believe, in some some ways it's not. And, you know, I'm not God, so all right, man. I'm, I'm Thanks for sharing that with me, and it's interesting. You get to learn a lot about other people, and it's a, it is a great way to build bonds with other people, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that's most of it. I guess we just uh, have to go over the vote. Um, pretty cut and dry vote, but one thing did stick out. Romeo voted for high. Not only did he vote for high, he voted for high H-Y-E. Um, what? Like, are you trying to get sent home, Romeo? Like, what's up, dude? Like, uh, what's happening here? Dude, I... I don't know what Romeo was doing tonight. I I feel bad for the guy because two episodes ago, he's sitting at camp thinking, I am running things at this camp. I'm the one that's mentoring Drea and Survivor, and I'm I'm just doing really, really well out here. That's so great. And then he was sharing with Hi about his his uh you know, sexual identity and all these things. They're having a moment together. And now he looked foolish in this episode. I mean, and I don't think they were trying that hard. I think that they were just trying to show that there was a little bit of drama with this. And it was not a good episode for our guy, Romeo. I I mean, I, I kind of sided with Romeo for his actions um, because like, I would be paranoid too. Drea keeps complaining that he's paranoid. It's like, yeah, you're the one that's making him paranoid. First off, second off, Romeo has the social intelligence to know that he's not on the top and he's not in the majority and he's in trouble. So he's going to scramble. Somebody said his name was on the block. So he freaked out. I, I mean, I think that's understandable. That's understandable logic. Um, I think that voting high, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me because that just puts an even bigger target on your back on a, from a guy that already said, Hey, let's vote Romeo. Like, I don't like that guy. Let's kick him out. Like, like I, that makes no sense to me. Vote Chanel, put your head down or, or, you know, even play your roll the dice or whatever it's called. I forget. Um, and yeah, like that, that just made no sense to me, but, uh, I like Romeo. I like having him around cause I feel like he's good for TV. Um, and his game makes sense to me, but, that part did not make sense at all. No, it didn't. So, all right, who's your winner pick right now? It's still Omer. I, I think here's the thing. When we look towards the future, Omer is in a great spot. People may think that Hi, Mike, and Jonathan are this three. You know, we saw a group of four players last time say that they were going to go to the end as the final four, and I believed it. I was wrong. There's a group of three yeah. that says final three. I think that's wrong. Uh, so I like Omar's posi- positioning a lot. He said it himself. He's like, I'm in the group, the majority alliance, but I'm also hearing everything that is happening because no one knows that I'm in the majority alliance. Um, and I think that, that he's going to save Marianne at some point and kick somebody out that needs to go out before him in the majority alliance. And I feel like he can kind of take over this game. Um, It's just a matter of when to do that. You know, uh, you got to make sure it's not too late, but you can't do it so early that people understand that you are the one that actually is controlling this game. Um, I love, I love Omer's spot. I don't know who's going to be there with him, but I really do believe Omer's going to win the season. So, yeah. He, he's playing with fire, so we'll see. I mean, he's, you know, he basically manufactured the last two votes. You know, he was the guy connecting the dots for everybody. 
So the merge is a really early place to start doing that. You know, normally you see winners at about nine start to really take over. So they got like three episodes and then the finale that they're sort of in charge. So, I mean, he's, he's getting ahead of it early here. So we'll see if, because uh, you would think people start talking and it's like, start to figure out that Omer is the guy who has said the name of whoever's going home first each time. That should set off some alarm bells, especially if I'm, if I'm another player that wants to th- everyone to think that I'm that social strategist, you know, they, they're on my corner at that point. Well, he, did he orchestrate this week's vote? Cause he was, he actually just ran around and said, did bad for Romeo. Cause he was just like, Hey, Romeo's trying to flip it. Like, and, and trying to like cause chaos and whatever. Um, he's basically like an informant and I don't know if he was in on this majority vote, but if he was, he still voted for Romeo. Like he, I don't know if high and Mike just did their own thing and voted for Chanel instead of Romeo. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a vote split, you know? Sure. Sure. But Omer also still has like plausible deniability that he's in either of these camps. Right. Like I, I think he's in a perfect spot, a perfect spot. Like he is, you know, Erica said she was never on the wrong side of the vote and she's like, uh, she was just a, a lamb waiting in the shadows or whatever. And it's like, Omer's the same way, but he's actually doing things too. Like, it's not like he's just hanging around. Like he's, he is the informant. He is a crucial part of this game. Like he is the backbone of this game right now. Um, and yeah, I hope he wins. I'm team Omer. Woo. Go Omer. I'm team Mike. Come on, Mike. Bring one home. Um, Do you think? I, so next time on Survivor, it said it was talking about an all men alliance. What do you yeah. think about that? I don't think it's going to happen. Are you serious? I mean, okay, think about this. So Jonathan, Mike, Hi, Omer, rocks. Okay, I can kind of believe that, but rocks would have to betray Drea, which I don't think he would be willing to do. And then Romeo would also have to join that group. And Romeo and High, like, I feel like are not cool. You know, like after, after this week's episode, I feel like those guys will not want to be with Romeo. I think that if those five guys want to go all the way, they, they can, but I don't think it would be this next episode. Um, and I don't, I don't see that happening. Like, even if it did happen, I think they get to seven and then just vote each other out. And I mean, I just think it's so early. I think it's uh, at some point someone's going to be like, yeah, I could break that alliance, sneak Tori and Marianne into the final three, and then I'm going to win. And why would I go up against High and Omer and Mike when I could just go against Tori and Marianne? People might like the season less, but I'll have a million dollars. I don't so care what the ratings what's are. What's more important? Yeah, I I agree. Um, we'll see if we'll see if Lindsay talking bad about Jonathan actually does anything for the game because they had the same kind of tension with Marianne and Jonathan earlier this season, um, and nothing has happened so far. So we'll see. Um, but again, that's two it's two people that Jonathan's kind of you know annoyed, and that's not good. It's not really great. Um. I actually, so you said you thought that uh, Lindsay was going to go home. I actually think, I think Romeo is going to go home next week. I think it'll be pretty cut and dry. Um, hope not, but I do think that's how it's going to go. Um, yeah. Anything else about this episode? Nope. Dude, have you caught any playoff basketball? Yeah, man. I, I watched the, I watched Grizzlies game one. I caught Celtics Nets game one. Amazing. Game. I watched the Warriors uh, against the Nuggets, and that is the series that I was really wrong about. The Warriors are looking amazing right now. Yeah, 
and the Nuggets look horrible, which, you know, you kind of knew it was Jokic and a bunch of nothing. But the way that, like, I didn't really think Draymond would be able to guard Jokic like this. And he is... Jokic looks exasperated on offense. Just so frustrated with what's happening out there. And that, like, even when he does get guys open looks, they brick it. And it's just... That's got to hurt. I mean, that's got to suck. Yeah. Uh, Question. Do the Pelicans win another game? I mean... If Booker doesn't play, then yes. Do you think they could win the series if Booker doesn't play? Could win the series? Yeah. Yes. Do I think they will? No. But if Luka comes back, the Suns or the Pelicans, either one, win, and the Mavs beat the Jazz and Luka comes back in round two, Things could get very interesting. interesting. Yeah. I love my finals pick of Celtics Mavs. I love that pick. Oh, my gosh. That's That's just like luck right there. That's money. No. Come on, man. Come on. Joel, if Devin Booker gets hurt and then the Mavs go to the finals, it's luck. No. No. Yeah. It's like literally like Luca's come on. Didn't what he's been great. The Mavs beat the Grizzlies, but every single time. Um, and I mean, the Suns are beatable. You know, they're not crushing the Pelicans. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love that pick. It's not luck, man. So if the Suns and Bucks make it there, that's luck. No, come on. Get out of here. That's, that is so biased. That is so hypocritical. So I'm just saying, if Devin Booker isn't playing for the they, Suns... They, they said, I think they said Booker's going to miss games three and four of the series. Um, and then they'll see after that. So it doesn't sound like he's going to miss a, the second series. He may miss a lot of games in the series. But if the Jazz lose to the Mavericks without Luka, it's going to happen. Dude, the Jazz are bad. Like but, the Mavs rock. But, dude, I mean, they won a game on the Mavs' home floor. So they already stole a game. Yeah, but the Mavs are just going to get one back. I guarantee Why? it. Why? guarantee Based it. on what? They don't the, have Luka. The Jazz are dysfunctional. Like, Gobert is dysfunctional playing defense against, like, any type of the role, the type of pick and roll the Mavs are running. Like, I don't think it's, it's Go, uh, Gobert is not the problem. It's all the other guys. Dude, they, ca- they can't stop a nosebleed outside yeah. of Gobert. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, it, it would be like if... If the Grizzlies played Jaron Jackson at center and then just couldn't stop anyone from getting inside. I mean, it's it's really bad. Mike Conley's defense has really tapered off. I mean, you know, Donovan Mitchell's never been much of been much for defense. And they don't have Joe Ingles anymore. Yeah, I mean you know? it's it's bad. If you get if you're getting cooked by Jalen Brunson for a whole series and you lose to the Luka Doncic-less Dallas Mavericks. I mean, Snyder's going to be gone. Probably Gobert or Mitchell is going to be gone. Probably Mitchell because they're going to be able to get a lot more for him. Yeah, who wants Gobert with the state of the league right now? Um, I think I think the Mavs, that trade with Porzingis and Dinwiddie has done miracles for them watching them play on offense now is a joy and like they just know their identity so well like they're a team that will win a first round matchup without luca and they're a team that could win the nba title with luca like i i feel very strongly in that so yeah if if uh the dinwiddie porzingis trade doesn't happen the jazz probably win this in five despite their issues yeah especially like without luca on the floor i mean yeah. The Mavs would still probably beat the Grizzlies because apparently that's just a terrible matchup. But like, yeah, it's just it's just done crazy. And I watched them a few times and I'm like, I love this Mavs team. This Mavs team is sick. So 
fingers crossed, man. Hopefully it does better than my bracket. Although I did pick the champion in the bracket in bracketology too. So maybe I'm running hot. I should go to Vegas. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Uh, I start school on Monday, so that's nerve wracking. Um, for those who don't know, I'm going to uh, school for counseling, um, at Rebecca. So if you want to like cash out me some money or Venmo me some money for school, that'd be sick. Um, if not, that's cool. No biggie. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't been in a class since like 2020 and I haven't taken a class since 2018. So yeah, that's Weird. not that long, dude. That's dude, like I, really not a long time at dude, all. Dude, I was like in my early twenties back then though. You know, like now I'm in my, like, I'm in my mid to late twenties and life is so just so you're, different. You're like, not in your late twenties. You're in your exactly your mid twenties. Oh, man, twenty six is like right around the corner, though. You know, like I have to get on That's my own. Still mid twenties, dude. Like I'm just so, oh, man. Trying, I'm trying to like figure out how to be like a man and stuff. And so, uh, man, if anybody's got any tips, that'd be great. Um, I hear Tori is accepting clients at her fake therapy. That's practice. okay. That's okay. Maybe Tori can come to my classes and actually learn something. Maybe that'd be great. Um, maybe I should start a podcast with Tori. Oh, that'd be sick. A mental health podcast. That's a, a genius idea. Okay. Lock it away. Um, yeah. What you got going on this week? School, photography, church. What photographer you got? I got a bunch of pictures that I got to edit in the next couple days for a preschool. Sick. And yeah, just super swamped. So I need to go to sleep. Cool. Well, that will do it for episode seven of the Clingers Have Spoken podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Joel Klinger. And that is Michael Klinger. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. See ya.